Bless the name of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's put those hands together and bless his name. Anybody thank God for the blood of Jesus never losing its power. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. The blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's rejoice this morning and bless the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you this morning for your presence. We thank you for those of you who are worshiping online for your presence as well. We've come together, gathered together in this holy sanctuary, in this tabernacle, this place to give God the glory and the praise that is due his name. Amen. Anybody know the Lord is great? Anybody know the Lord is good? Why don't you come on and bless the name of the Lord for the good and awesome God that he is. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Let us pray together. Eternal God, our Father, we do bless you this morning. We bless you. We thank you. We praise you because we know there's none but you. Nobody but you could have done what you've did, done this morning, waking us up, bringing us here, clothing us in our right mind. Nobody but you allowed us to inhale and exhale and keep the blood warm, running warm in our veins. Nobody but you, oh God. And we bless your holy name. We thank you for bringing us through another week and to another morning. Brand new mercies that you've given unto us day by day. All that we need, oh God, your hand continues to provide. And we can declare this morning, great is your faithfulness unto us oh God we bless you this day we thank you for your mercies we thank you for your goodness and God we pray this morning that you tabernacle with us make your presence known in this place oh God have your way in this service oh Lord speak unto our hearts open our ears our eyes and our understanding that we might know more of thee. God, hide us now behind the cross. We bless your name. We lift you up. Oh, yes. We glorify you. Yes. We thank you, Lord. Yes. And we say glory yes. to your name. Yes. We say hallelujah yes. to the Lamb of God. Yes. And we give ourselves completely surrendering ourselves unto you as we say have your way in this service in Jesus name we pray amen and amen God bless you come on let's bless the Lord and let's rejoice our young people are here this morning so let's rejoice with them and praise the Lord Rejoice this morning. Come on, everybody, let's rejoice. Let's rejoice and praise the Lord. Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice and praise the Lord. Yay. Let's rejoice and praise the Lord. Let's rejoice and praise the Lord. Sing it. 
that others may learn from our missteps and know that no man but Jesus is sinless in their walk yes, on earth. Sir. Yes, sir. Father, as we yes, enter sir. worship, we ask that you speak through he who is bringing the message, giving us a word that causes us to reimagine how we worship, how we connect with others, how we serve, and how we My grow God. individually and collectively. Bless this worship service that our Holy Spirit fills this room, that we are renewed, re-energized, and restructured, that one day what we once reimagined has become reality. Wow. These and other blessings we ask through your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let it be so. Let it be so. Let it be so. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We bless God for this day and for that prayer of petition that as we reimagine, that God would let it manifest among us. Amen. 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 We're thankful to God that we continue to move uh, expeditiously, but also carefully uh, into new spaces as we uh, begin to regather together. We are continuing to uh, look at processes, protocols, programs, and things that we can bring Back online, we're thankful that our Sunday school is planning to return uh, to in-person beginning in June. And so we thank God for the preparation that is taking place. You will get more uh, information as we get closer to that date. But Sunday school is planning uh, its return in the month of June. We look forward to Sister uh, Dr. Green here uh, giving us further information with how uh, we will come back together, who is our superintendent of Sunday schools. We thank God. Uh, for your staff and all of your leadership in making sure that our Sunday school gets back to in-person status. Amen. Amen. Also want to remind you, Vacation Bible School is being planned in person as well. Uh, that will take place June 6th through 9th. You all know that we have a great uh, Vacation Bible School program for our young people all the way through to our senior adults. And so we invite each of you to register for Vacation Bible School. It's available right now on the K-Chapel app or on the Nucleus page. Uh, you can get registered right now, but make sure that you do get registered. Register that grandchild or that child or yourself because teachers have opportunity to plan and prepare their classrooms, materials, and supplies uh, so that everybody has enough uh, things there at their disposal and nobody's scrambling at the last minute. So please uh, make sure that you get registered for Vacation Bible School. Again, that happens June 6th through 9th right here in person uh, at K Chapel. Also on June 17th, Friday, June 17th, we're getting ready again for the Nate Ruffing Swing for Knowledge Golf Tournament. It's through that tournament that we're able to supply uh, lots of young people in throughout the Jackson metro area with scholarships uh, as they pursue their educational uh, co collegiate edu educational careers. And so we invite you to participate as a player uh, or a four-member team. Get your teams together. Uh, this is open to men and women. Amen. All can participate. If you can't play golf, come out anyway and swing a club or two and help somebody go to college. Amen. 
help somebody get into college and stay there and get some of these books and fees and, and meal plans and all those kinds of things paid for. Amen. Again, that's Friday, uh, June 17th. Do we have members of the uh, Nate Ruffin Scholarship Board here with us this morning? If you're here, won't you stand so that they can see you and know that how they can get in touch with you? Members of the Nate Ruffin Scholarship Board, if you need information, see any one of these persons. They will get you the information that you need so that we can swing for knowledge. Amen. Amen. God bless you and God keep you is our prayer. We thank God for you who are here. Remember our ushers, make sure that the baskets and the trays are at the entrances and exits upon your entrance and arrival to the sanctuary so that you can drop your offering off in the basket or in the tray upon your entrance or, on, or upon uh, your departure from this place. For those of you who are watching online, there are any number of ways that you can give. You can give by texting to the number that's on your screen that should be right about there. Uh, also, you can give by, by, by way of the K-Chapel app or by dropping your offering off at the office. Whatever you do and however you do it, do two things. Give so liberally and give so cheerfully, for the Lord loves a cheerful giver. We're thankful that our children are back. Amen. Our young people are back and they're singing to the glory of God. Amen. We thank God for them and uh, the marvelous way that they are coming, not just on Sunday morning, but coming to uh, do the, the pre-recordings and all whatever, the rehearsals and all that happened. And yeah, listen, there's a not, lot of technology that goes into this and we thank God for it. Amen. Listen, so put your hands together and bless them as they come to us this morning because of who you are.
pray you bless the offering, those that were blessed enough to give and those that had a desire but had it not. Let what we gather into your storehouse be used to bless the needs of your children. In our, in our giving, Father, allow us to give more than money, but allow us to give love, compassion, understanding, and a portion of ourselves that others may know that at K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church, we not only give with our pocketbooks, but with our hearts, our time, and our desire to glorify God. May our efforts be a blessing to the sick and the shut-in, the lost and the troubled, and those that are grieving. These blessings we ask through your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Ministry of one another. This morning, there are some members that are in need of your prayers. I want to share with you a few opportunities that you have in the upcoming weeks to share in the ministry of one another. As we remember, care for and pray for these members. Let us continue to pray for all our bereaved families. Brother Lee Ewins lost his aunt, Sister Mary Elizabeth Ewins Dennis. The funeral for Sister Dennis is being held today at 11 o'clock at Zion's Chapel Church of God in Christ in Bolton. The funeral for Sister Viola Johnson, the mother of Brother John Johnson and Brother Larry Johnson was held on yesterday at Faith Forth Life Church. Recently lost a loved one, keep the Martin family and Langford families in your prayers. Hospitals and nursing homes and rehabs, Reverend Michael Jones is in St. Dominic Hospital. Brother Levi McBride is in Manhattan Rehab at the Manhattan Rehab Center. Brother Sammy Henderson is in the Baptist Hospital. Mother Corey Montgomery is in Manhattan Nursing Home. Brother Benny Larry is in the rehab. And Christopher Levine is in the hospital. Recovering at home, Sister Melan Smith, Sister Jackie Larry, Sister Robbie Singleton, Brother Charles Hodge, Sister Mildred Wynette Smith, and Brother Walter Cheatham. I see on this list Brother Percy Lee. But Brother Percy Lee is here with us today. Thank God. Brother Lee, wave your hand again. He's here. He's not at home recovering. He's here in God's house. As Reverend Powell likes to say, pray when you can, visit where you can, and each day, thank God that you can. Good morning, Kay Chapel. This is the time of year that we like to bring to your attention your Christian responsibility of casting your vote. On June 7th, we must go to the polls for our Democratic primary. All of our representatives are up for election. I would like to challenge you to go out on the internet and look at all the candidates, look at their bios, and then make your choice. Now, I happen to live in the 4th Congressional District, 
and uh, the representative that represents me is also the person who is looking after our rights as it relates to what happened in January. And uh, those are the kind of people that we want to send back to Congress. Amen. 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 So you, he won't go back if you don't vote. So we want to remind you that your responsibility is to go and vote. For those of you that are not able to go and vote on election day or choose to exercise your absentee voting right, you have until June 4th, noon, to go down to our Hines County Voting Office and cast your absentee ballot. If you want to mail it in, you have to May 28th to mail it in. Uh, please be a representative of one. Find someone in your neighborhood. Talk to your friends. We have a lot of new voters. How many 18-year-olds do we have in the audience? Any 18-year-olds? Well, we want to make sure that all of our children who are coming out of school this year become registered voters. And you can be an agent of one to talk to a young child in your neighborhood that you will be uh, supporting as they graduate from high school, help them understand their Christian responsibility for voting. I'd like to thank our uh, committees that worked on our Walton Drive. That was another part of our Christian responsibility. Pastor, I saw your picture. You look good. <laughs> so did the other committee members. Uh, but it's just wonderful that Cade Chapel is on its Christian responsibilities, that we recognize that our work does not end in this building, but our work starts when we leave this building. Thank you.
for the young people. Let's bless them for the young people. Hallelujah. Let's bless them for them. And then let's bless them just for being who he is. Because of who he is. Because of who he is. Provider. Because of who he is. Our healer. Because of who he is. Our protector. Because of who he is. Prince of Peace, because of who he is, everything that I need him to be, he said, I am that I am, I will be what I will be, because of who he is, we give him glory on this morning, amen, amen. better now. I feel better now. Amen. Amen. You know, folk are looking at us now. We got to present right. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, verse 25. Luke chapter 15, verse 25. These words are recorded. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house and heard music and dancing, he called one of his one of the servants and asked what these things meant. He said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and he would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this Thy son was come, 
which have devoured thy living with harlots. Thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead and is alive again was lost and is found. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk this morning from the subject, when God lets you stay on the porch. When God lets you stay on the porch. Aside from the Good Samaritan, the parable of the prodigal son is probably one of the most widely known parables that Jesus tells during his ministry. It is part of a three-part series of parables that Jesus tells when the Pharisees raised their objection to him Spending time eating, engaging, and entertaining those who were known to be sinners. They said to him, basically, if you are the son of God, as you say you are, then why on earth are you hanging out with hookers and hoodlums and, and hood folk? Why are you associating yourself and investing your energy with sinners and cheaters? Why are you aligning yourself with liars and the lowlifes of society? That's how this chapter begins. With Jesus at dinner with sinners and Pharisees watching and raising their objection to it. In response, Jesus tells three parables. The first one is the parable of the lost sheep. The second is the parable of the lost coin. The third is this parable of the lost son. Usually when we read this parable, our eyes and our interests are drawn to the younger brother. The one who asks his dad for his inheritance and goes away to a far country spending it on riotous living. We look at the younger brother. The one who is wasting money and wasting his life away. Ultimately coming to his senses when he is in the pig pen about to eat the pig slop. We look to the younger brother one who returns home wanting to be nothing but a slave but when the father sees him he welcomes him with open arms and puts a robe on his back and shoes on his feet and a ring on his finger we see the younger son who has the fatted calf killed on his behalf they celebrate the return of the younger son 
And if the story were to end there, it would be like most in that the conflict of this story is concluded, the tension is resolved, and everything and everybody lives happily ever after. But that is not the end of the story. That's not the end of the parable. Because Jesus wants to make a point that while we have assumed that the lost son is the one who left, there is another lost son who stayed right there. The elder brother is introduced to us in the second part of this parable who hears the music and the celebration and asks one of his servants, what, what is all this noise? What's going on? The servant responds to the, the, the older brother. Your younger brother has returned home and the father is throwing a party. To which the older brother decides to investigate and see if what the servant is saying is True, and when he gets to the house, when he sees the festivities, when he hears the music and the laughter, when he smells the barbecue, he is livid and he refuses to come inside. He refuses to go in. The house in celebration of the return of his brother and he stays outside on the porch father gets word that the oldest son is outdoors on the porch and goes out to have a conversation with him about it the son says all this time I've been with you I haven't embarrassed you I have not taken advantage of you. I have not caused you any sleepless nights. I haven't put any pain in your heart. I've been a good son to you. I've been minding the family business. I've been bringing honor to the family name. I've been keeping the family image together. And all this time, you've never thrown me a party. You've never had an animal, not the fatted calf, but just any calf. Kill for me. You've never put me in any place of acknowledgement or recognition, and yet when this your prodigal son, watch this, not my brother, your son. When your son comes home, you go all out for somebody who has brought nothing but shame on this family and large hurt in your heart and I'm not going inside to this party. And it is this response from the elder son that lets you know that being lost is not about where you are geographically. I'm preaching just a minute. Because a lot of us get lost in our emotions. We get lost in our feelings. We get lost in our relationships. We get lost with one another. We get lost spiritually in our relationship with God. Even though we're in the right location, some of us are in the church right now lost. Situations can develop. 
cause us to lose our way. Problems can emerge that cause us to lose our footing. Issues can arise that cause us to lose our hope, lose our joy, lose our peace. And even though we're in the house, we're still lost. This elder brother had not left his father's house. But this situation demonstrated that all the time he was at home, he was still lost. He had been harboring feelings about this younger brother perhaps for years. Wondering secretly about his safety but glad that he was gone because he was never much of a worker anyway. That baby boy always got stuff given to him. The baby Boy, he always got the protection of his parents just from him crying. And it wasn't even a real cry. Y'all know how some of y'all sibling relationships are. Always got his way. And even though, even though he never said it, I just believe that was his daddy's favorite. Finally, with him being gone, perhaps. The father could see some of the good of the oldest son. The father could finally place his affection and his attention on the older son. The father could finally recognize the responsible nature and the dependable character of the older son and celebrate him. But now that this baby boy is back, your favorite son has come back home. You're celebrating him and I ain't coming in the house. I'm staying on the porch. Son finishes. Father responds saying, son, you've always been with me. Everything I have is yours. He says, your brother, not my son, your brother was dead and is now alive. Your brother, not my son, was lost, but he's now found. And with those words, y'all, the parable and the chapter come to an end. The curtain drops, the light fades, the story ends, and that's it. We leave this story with the sun still on the porch. It's an unlikely place to end the story. Unlike the first half of the parable, this does not end with a cute wrapping. It does not end with the tensions being resolved. It does not end with a happily ever after conclusion. In fact, it is a bit of a cliffhanger. It ends with the tension that has been raised remaining unresolved. And the son is left on the front porch. I need to tell somebody this morning that there are and will be times in your life journey when life brings you to and drops you off on the front porch. 
the porch of unanswered questions, the porch of unmet expectations, the porch of unresolved tensions, the porch of unsettled emotions. And rather than things ending nicely and neatly, rather than things wrapping up with crisp conclusions that make the heart merry, you are left there on a cliffhanger trying to make sense and bring resolution to that part of your story. And the reason this is so challenging for us is because we have been made to believe that life ought to be like our favorite shows where good writing resolves all of the conflicts and fixes all of the tensions and answers all of the questions. But hear me and hear me well. Life has some jangling parts to it that don't go anywhere. Life has some rough questions that never get answered. Life has some difficult moments that never find resolution and you're left to try to have to figure it out on the porch. Everything doesn't come to a happy ending. We're made to live life out on the porch. How many of you all like the show This Is Us? This Is Us. Any This Is Us fans? We, we, I, I like that show. We like that show. Those of you who are watching, we like that show basically because if you think about it, it's just written well. It's great writing. They tie the past to the present to the future. And you get to see people in all of the different phases of their life and the writers write it in such a way that their past explains their present and projects to their future and all of the tension and resolutions, all the tension gets resolved, all of the what ifs, all of the whys, all of the questions that were raised finally get answered because of good writing. But life isn't this is us. We don't hold the scripts in our hands. And sometimes we must embrace that there will be in life some unresolved issues. Some of your questions won't get answered. Some situations will remain unsettled. Some tensions will be forever present. And the best that you will learn to do is to learn how to manage it. Y'all don't like this kind of preaching. See, I know, I know we don't like to hear this. We don't like to think about this because our theology looks to God as being the one who picks us up and pulls us out and turns us around and makes everything all right. And I thank God that he does that sometimes. But hear me and hear me well. Sometimes God lets you stay on the porch. Sometimes God lets you stay right there where you work it out with him, where you walk it out with him, where you talk it out with him, where you cry it out with him. Sometimes it doesn't come to a neat conclusion. You just got to live with it on the porch. And the question the question that the second part of this parable raises is, do you have enough faith to live in the tension? Do you have enough faith to live with questions not getting answered? Do you have enough faith? 
to live with the unresolved parts of life, the prayers that you prayed and, and not getting the answer that you're looking for and you're having to try to figure out what God is up to, to, up to, the tension where things haven't been resolved yet, the tension where answers that you have been given are not satisfying to your soul, the tension where conclusions have not emerged. Do you have enough faith to live in and with the tension, understanding that everything doesn't have a happy ending? Everything doesn't work out neatly. Everything doesn't have a clean resolution that makes sense. And when your theology does not help you to resolve life's tensions, does your faith help you to stay on the porch? See, because some would see it as a problem that the son didn't go in the house and stayed on the porch. But I think there is value in the fact that he stayed on the porch. See, see some of y'all are mad with the oldest boy because he pouting out there on the porch. But I'm celebrating the fact that he stayed Y'all missing it, that he stayed on the porch. I, I know we want to rush to the happy ending where family gets back together again and everybody is forgiven and they're all under the same roof with all of the tension being resolved. But I like the fact that the father goes to where the son was and talks to him where he is. Because what that tells me is that God is interested in your issues. God is concerned about your condition. God it cares about your problems. God is sensitive to your situation. And when you're outside on life's porch, you've got a father who will come and see about you. A God who will come and talk to you. A God who will meet you where you are so you can walk it out together. And God is not so quick about moving to resolution that he does not deal with your heart being healed. So I think, Brother Deacons, that we ought to celebrate that the fact that while the son is not in the house, at least he's on the porch. You see, because on the porch, something of value is taking place. On the porch, something redemptive is happening. On the porch, healing is happening. On the porch, conversation is happening. On the porch. Can I tell you what's happening on the porch? Number one, number one, on the porch, the older brother is given the space to face what's been facing him about himself. To face what's been facing him about himself. This dialogue between the father and the son takes place in such a way that it allows him the opportunity to deal with his own issues, to confront his own feelings, to be honest about his own disappointments, and to articulate his anger. And they do it together on the porch. It's a beautiful image, really, because what this says, yes, God meets us, talks with us, and allows us to get real with him. Can, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I tell you what I see in this text? The reality, Brother Diggins, is that this older brother had issues of self-worth. And it comes out, it comes out in his objection to the father. 
Listen to what he says. He says, listen, all these years, I have been serving you. All these years, I never disobeyed you. All these years, I've been keeping myself in a good place for you and for this family. All these years, I've been a good son. I've been doing it by the books. I've been flying straight. Let, let me let me let me let me let me let me put it in some some terms where some of you young people can understand it. All these years I've been getting good grades. I've been staying out of trouble. I've done my chores. All these years I've I've done what it takes to make you proud of me. All these years I've been the one that you point to when folk ask how your children are doing. You you know you got more than more than me, but you always point to me because I'm the one that makes you proud. All these years. All these years, I've been the one to carry and shoulder the responsibility of respectability and honor and commitment and hard work. And in all this time, I haven't gotten from you a sense of gratitude. I haven't gotten from you any appreciation. And I'm wondering if I've been wasting my time. If I've been wasting my energy and if I'm wasting my life. And what this son is saying is, I don't know if my life has meaning because I've been trying to get your affection and get your attention and get your approval and get your acknowledgement and nothing has seemed to work. So what's wrong with me? Self-worth. And here on the porch... The son is made to face what's been facing him about himself. Because at some point, all of us must ask ourselves the question, why do we do what we do? It's like being saved. Do you live righteously just because you want to go to heaven? Or because you want to experience abundant life here on earth? Do you make good grades because you want to be successful and wealthy or because you want to do your best and be your best? Now, maybe the honest answer to both of those is a little bit of both. But the point is that you, the point is that you must be good with whatever the answer is. Because here's the thing. If you're putting your self-worth in someone else's hands, you may never get the return that you're looking for. The front porch experience gives the son the time to finally face what's been facing him about himself and deal with the questions he had not fully faced. Why did you decide to stay home? Your brother left. You chose to stay. That was your choice. Why did you make that Choice. That was your decision. Why did you decide to obey me? I'm glad you did, but that was your decision. Why did you decide to work in the family business? That was your decision. Why did you decide not to live a life of folly? That was your decision. Why did you decide not to waste your inheritance? That was your decision. Why did you decide not to bottom out in the pig pen? That was your decision. And you've got to face what's been facing you. And answer life's questions for yourself. 
See, a lot of us have been putting the choices that we made in life on others. And I did this for you. I did this because of you. I did this because of you. And at some point, you got to own your own decisions. Secondly, on the front porch, the son was given the time and space to be honest about what was bothering him about his father. What this brother felt about his father was clearly not something new. This has been building in him for a while. He had been watching his father lose sleep over his brother. He had been watching his father lose weight over his brother. He had been watching his father lose hope over his brother. And all the time, none of the father's affections seemed to shift towards him. Rather than him being glad that his eldest son was there, all he could do was mourn that his baby boy was gone. And being on the front porch allowed this son to say what was on his mind about his father. Now, I know we don't like to admit it, y'all. But in the privacy of our own meditations, there is stuff about God that bothers us. I know you're not going to say amen right here. I know you're not going to admit it right here. You don't have to right now. But there are a few of us who can be honest in saying that there are some of God's decisions that have bothered you. There are some of God's ways that bother you. There are some of God's determinations that bother you. Some of what God permits bothers you. Some of what God allows bothers you. Some of God's expectations bothers you bless those that curse you that bothers me do good to those who hurt you and spitefully use you don't y'all look at me like that that bothers you too this son had a problem with his father's affection and his attention for the younger brother and it calls for him what I call misplaced envy. Meaning he could not see the father's love of him because he was concentrating on the father's love for his brother. And apparently because the father's love looked different, he confused the father's love for himself. I'm explaining it like this. I'm going to hurry to a close. I heard a preacher say it like this. Some time ago, he was talking about when his children were small and growing up. And he said, when they were small and in the house growing up, he determined that he would not give to them equally, but rather he would give to them adequately. And by that, what he meant was that he recognized that his children were uniquely different. And because they were uniquely different, he recognized that one of his children needed one thing. Another one needed something else. They would not get the equal thing, but they would get the adequate. I wish y'all would come on and talk to me here. They would get the adequate thing, the thing that they needed most, they would get. And while as children they did not understand why one got one thing and one got the other, he said that later as they grew into adulthood and they had a conversation about it, he explained to them that his role was not to make sure that they got everything the same, but that they got everything that they needed. Mm. 
because one needed a little more attention than the other. One needed a little more encouragement than the other. One needed a little more motivation than the other. One needed a little more observation than the other. One needed a little more... See, and the child can only see the difference in what one gets and the other does not get. But the father sees what the one needs and the other does not need. The boy in this parable had a lifetime of seeing his father treat the baby boy differently and finally it comes to a head on the front porch as he is honest about what has been bothering him all of his life. You've been given to this boy all his life. You've been treating us. And so he owns his misplaced envy on the front porch and I'm hoping that this is going to free somebody today because I believe there's some adult child right now it has been upset with your sibling for years mad with your sister now because she got something you didn't get mad with your brother now because he got something you didn't get mad with your parents because they gave your sibling something that you didn't get and what you don't see is that they were not trying to make everything equal they were trying to make everything adequate On the front porch, the son is able to say what's been bothering him about the father. And I'm glad this morning that our Heavenly Father gives us time and space on life's front porch to talk to him and to share with him and to be honest with him and tell him what's on our minds. What we don't understand, how we feel about what he has allowed, how we are hurt over what he has determined. God does not shut us down or shut us off or shut us out, but he meets us on our front porch so that we can have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our troubles. Hear our faintest cry and answer by and by. Don't miss that. He says he'll answer by and by, which means you may not get the answer right now. You may not get the answer tomorrow, but by and by, day by day, month by month, year by year it would become clearer it be ah. last thing, last thing last thing I celebrate the fact that the son stayed on the front porch because the father stays with him the father stays with him, some of us may have missed the fact or we may have read into the parable that the father left him on the front porch no he didn't leave him on the front porch, he let him stay on the front porch and he stayed ah he stayed with him when the parable ends the father has not returned to the party but the father is still there with the son and folks that brings gladness to my heart because it reminds me that when I'm on life's cliffhangers and when things remain unresolved in my life when the tension still exists and the conflict has not come to a conclusion that I've got a God who will not abandon me on life's front porch but the Lord stays with me and walks with me and helps me work it out he stays with me while I talk it out he stays with me while I cry it out he stays with me while I contest and while I complain he stays with me while I moan and while I murmur he stays with me while I fuss and while I fight he stays with me while I wrestle and while I grapple he stays with me even if I have to cuss a little bit he stays with me
He stays with me while I get through what I'm going through. And he never leaves me and never forsakes me. That's what the Bible says. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's a very present help in time of trouble. Ah, I'm through y'all. But my soul is happy. My soul is happy that he stays with us on life's front porches. There will be some times when things don't come to a neat end. There will be some times when things are not packaged quickly and things are not packaged cutely. But I'm so glad today that I've got a God who will walk with me even when I feel weary who will keep me when I don't feel like I'm at myself who will hold me when I feel like giving up and here's the thing I really celebrate Sam when I think about where the porch is I'm reminded that the porch is connected to the house good God almighty that's something to celebrate y'all because the porch is connected to the house means that when I get ready I'm just a few steps from the house when I get my face fixed I'm just a few steps from the house when I get my heart right I'm just a few steps from the house when my mind gets settled I'm just a few steps from the house and there's somebody here saying but reverend my mind is not settled my heart is not fixed my spirit is still vexed I got good news for you because the psalmist said in Psalm 73 my foot almost slipped good God almighty until I went in into the sanctuary is there anybody in here who's glad today that you got into the sanctuary I almost fell but I went in the house I almost gave up but I went in the house I almost turned in the tower but I went in the house say yes say yes I went in the house I went in the house and in the house there was joy in the house there was peace in the house there was the presence of my father life will take you on a trip sometimes but I come by to tell you stay on the porch cause the porch will lead you to the house stay on the porch the porch will lead you to the house may the Lord bless you may he keep you make his face shine on you be gracious unto you and give you his peace I almost slipped <laughs> I almost let go I almost gave up but I went 
in the house. And in the house, he held me. In the house, he embraced me. And he held me close so I wouldn't let go. Christian experience, which means that you have already been baptized at another congregation, but you've decided that this is the place where you can get fed and you can actually become a part of a bigger family. And the doors of the church, 
they're open. You can be baptized. If you've never been baptized before, this is the time today that you can come forth and accept the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will gladly submerge you and bring you up a new creature in Christ. Now, if there's not anyone that needs to unite with us today, this is also a time for prayer. Last week I was in Kansas City and I was sitting there thinking, Pastor, how God just impressed upon my heart that young people need to be prayed with right now. And I know sometimes, young people, it's hard for you to come forward. Some of you have just finished taking your test. Some of you still got your test. Some of you wondering what you're going to do this summer. And you know, it's not easy being a young person in this day and time. So if you need us to pray with you, if, if you just want to come and say, Lord, hold me right where I am. Bring me closer to you. Now is the time. All of our young people, come forward. Let us do an altar prayer with you. Any young person that wants to come forward, you can come right now. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid that you're the only person that's thinking about it. You can come forward right now. Let me, let me have all the young people that wants us to pray with you. Come forward. Come on down. I see you back there. Yeah, yeah. Come on down. Praise the Lord. Y'all give them some encouragement. Give our young people. Parents, you can come on with them. Give them some encouragement right now. Come on down. Bring your children down to the altar. Let them see you praying with them. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm in church this morning. Thank 
you, Jesus. I got parents who care about me. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, we're just thanking you, Lord, for letting these children know that you are there for them. And right now, Lord Jesus, every last one of them, as they get ready to go through the summer, there's so many enemies out here, Lord Jesus. We're just going to pray over them, Lord. We're praying over them. Keep them safe, Lord. Keep them from all the dangers that's out here in the street. Keep them in the right mind this morning. Let them understand that they have choices and they can choose Jesus. They can choose you, Lord, over all the evils that are out here that's trying to convince them that they need to do wrong. Lord Jesus, let them understand they can say no. I said no to violence. I said no to stealing. I said no to lying. I say yes to Jesus. I say yes to the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. We just asking you right now, Lord Jesus, that you lay hands on them, Pastor. Let them understand that they are his. They are powerful. They have God on their side. And he says that greater is he that is within me than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All the saints of God say hallelujah. Come on, y'all. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah for our children. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, y'all. Let's praise God. Let's say hallelujah. Step to your feet and praise God for these children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. So I'm here today because God. Anybody glad this morning that you kept you? He kept you. Can you be a witness this morning that you would not be where you are right now? If it had not been for the keeping power of God. He kept me. He kept me. I'm so glad about it. He kept me. Can't nobody keep me like Jesus. Can't nobody keep me like the law. He kept me. Oh, God. God kept me. He kept me. Turn to your seats. God bless you. Don't you let go. Don't you let go. Don't let go this summer. Don't let go as you go off to college. Don't let go as you go into the workplace. Don't you let go. Mm. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the pews, there should be communion cups prepared in the back of each pew. If you're on the front row and you need a communion cup, let us know because this being the fourth Sunday, we thank God that he held us, <laughs> kept us. And not only did he hold on to us, but he held on to the cross. Would not come down, but held his place there that we might have the right to life. Stayed there. Died. Rose again from the dead. But he said to his disciples and those who would follow him in ages to come that we should have this meal of remembrance in his memory. Are there any who need cups who don't have cups available? Hallelujah. For those of you who are watching online, we pray that you've had opportunity to come by the church and receive cups prepared by our deacons and deaconess. If you've had not an opportunity to do so, we ask that you prepare something in your own cabinet, from your own cabinet. For these are symbols symbols of the body and symbols of the blood of Jesus Christ. Which means that if you don't have this, get a cracker or get some bread. Get some water or get some juice. And let us symbolically take in the body and the blood of our Lord and our Savior Jesus, who is the Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now for, for being our Father, cares for us, knows all there is to know about us. Father who understood our needs and you adequately provided for them all. In our uniqueness, you tended to our similar need, that being salvation. Giving your son that he might die for our sin. That is the common need for everyone. And we thank you that you made the equal sacrifice on Calvary's cross. Thank you, Lord. And now we pray that as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we would be reminded of who you are and whose we are in you. That we might reflect more of your glory and more of your image. In Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen.
bread, break it, and blessed it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Likewise, after the same manner, he took the cup and blessed it, saying, This is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for the remission of sin. As often as we do this, we do show forth his death and suffering. Until he comes again, let us drink together. When they finished, they sung a hymn and went out into the Mount of Olives.